Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome in, everybody, to Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I am Jay Glazer, and I am really, really excited about today's guest because when I first started talking about my mental health, and when I when I was very open about it, I got a call from this guy, and he said, man, I want you to start sharing your story with the world. And, it, and his audience is huge. His audience is so big, and I'm a little jealous here. <laughs> his book, The Power of One More, is the number one book of all books this year and only came out in June. So he sold 600,000 copies. Um, just incredible human being, a really, really good friend. He's on a TV. He has a TV show now called Change with Ed Milet, which, uh, brings us to our guest, Ed Milet. How are you, brother? Man, it's so good to be with you. Speaking about when you were on my show, I've done 400 shows. I've never had a reaction close to the one that you and I had together, man. We still, really? every brother, every single week to this day, we keep getting messages about that show. Not just lives that you changed, as you know, because you know this, but lives you actually saved that hour that we spent together on the show. It makes me, actually, just as I said that, I didn't expect to do it, it makes me emotional because there actually were lives saved by what you did on the show that day. So I'm wow. super honored to be with you, brother. So thank you for having me. What what was it? Why do you, because I also, same thing, all of a sudden people started reaching and I had been very open about it. Mm-hmm. Before the book, I wanted to, I don't, I don't want to wait for Unbreakable, the book to come out to be able to help change life and save lives and lift and empower. So I started doing it on my social media, but 
man, the reaction I got on your show, like you're saying, what was it? Like, what did we do? Tell me what I did, what we did that yeah. made it your most powerful show of four hundred. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do anything you did. Um I think oh, it's no 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 you're a big part of it, brother. Yeah. It's your show. <laughs> yeah, well I've done four hundred of them. So somehow right. yours was different. So I the one thing every show has in common is me and the one thing that was different about this one is you. So mm-hmm. but I will tell you I think it's your vulnerability. First it's the topic. More and more people are starting to feel like, hey, I can talk about the fact that I struggle with my mental health. Somewhere on the spectrum of it, right? All the way from you know, they're suicidal and they have those super gray days like you talk about all the way down to, hey, man, I just worry too much. I have too much fear. I have too much anxiety. There's a spectrum of it. I think your vulnerability and your willingness to say as, for two, from two things. One, you're a public person. So that's rare. It's one thing if no one knows you and you're like, hey, I want to share that I'm hurting and this is what I'm going through and this is how I found my path. It's another thing when to some extent you take a risk at first you did. It was a risk to say, hey. This is something I've been dealing with, right? That took massive courage for you to do. So I think that's part of it. And then I'll be honest with you, there's something about like a hyper-masculine man saying, hey, man, I'm just going to be real with you. Yeah. You know what? I'm not always strong all the time. And I think that contrast between sort of your public persona of this very well-known dude who's around masculine people all the time and he's an alpha in the room himself. And just saying, hey, man, this is who I really am. This is what I'm hurting with. This is what I'm dealing with. And this is how I found my way out when I find my way out. The last part of it was it wasn't like everything's fine and now I'm fixed. Right. It was more like, hey, I'm still on this journey. Come with me and we'll do it together. And I think the together piece, all of those things converged Mm -hmm. to just do something magic when you were on the show. And I'm super grateful for it. But I think that's what it was. Yeah, you know, look, I say I'm fucked up, but I'm learning to be good with my fucked upness. I used to say I'm fucked up, but I'm good with my fucked upness. And I recently corrected myself. I'm like, that's not true. I'm not good with my fucked upness. I'm learning how to be. And I've, I've always used it to my advantage, it turns out. So like my depression and my anxiety, my mental health issues, that motivated me to go do all these great things. You also, you're a master motivator. This is what you do, right? And it all comes also for you, the ability to go build people up from the inside out. Yeah. When did you realize that you have, I guess, kind of that special that gift, if you will? Well, I just believe people can change because my dad did. So it's it's not anything about me, man. It really isn't. My dad was an alcoholic, drug addict, first 15 years of my life, and just a bad dude. Wasn't a good husband, wasn't a good dad. I was afraid of my dad. Like, I was afraid of him. And he changed. He made one decision. That's why I called the book The Power of One More. He made one decision, tried to get sober one more time. And I just have this, the, the Bible says, hey, where there's no vision, the people will perish, no matter what your faith is. People have vision. If I said, do you want to be happy or sad? People say, I want to be happy. You want to be rich or poor? Most people say, I want to be rich. If I said, do you want to have unbelievable contribution to make a difference in your life or don't make any difference? They say, I want to make a difference. So people have a vision. Their issue is it's depth perception. It's how far away they think it is. And because they think it's always so far away, they act in accordance with this belief system that it's years and years and years away. But what if that's a lie? What if the truth is the next step in your life is one decision away, one meeting, one new thought, one new emotion, one podcast? Right. I call it you never know what lies around next Tuesday. That's exactly what you say. That's what you just say. I say it's one more. And so now there's a part of your brain called the RAS. It's the filter that reveals the world to you. If you start to live with the expectation, hey, man, I'm I'm one decision away. I'm next Tuesday away. I'm a meeting. I'm a, And you proved it. 
You've struggled with this for years. You've talked about it privately, but you finally made a decision. I'm going to write a book about this, and I'm going to start to talk about this. This completely shifted why your notoriety matters. Your notoriety now matters. It saves and changes lives, right? So for me, I watched my dad change, so that's number one. And then number two, I have never tried to be a motivator or inspirer of people. Motivation's empty. It's like a warm bath. It feels really good, then it's gone. I try to be inspirational. The root of inspirational, the word is to be in spirit. It means to touch someone in their heart, right? The only way you touch someone in your heart, brother, is that you are willing to reveal your imperfections. You want to impress me, show me how perfect you are. Yeah. You want to help me, reveal your imperfections to me. And so for me, I'm all about, these are my imperfections. These are the things I've done to make them less imperfect. You probably have some of them too. And then oh, yeah. thing, that, I, that's me saying I'm fucked up and good with my fucked upness. I don't brag about my successes. Right. I brag about my scars. We all got scars. And my scars are what makes me different. My scars are what allows me to walk in every room and say, I ain't like the rest of you in here. And that's what I try and get people to do is be proud of this almost broke you and didn't. So now let's use that to build you up. And why does that matter? Because if we can grow in life from where we are, why is there always, I'm always about growth. Like, why do you want to grow? Some people are like, I don't want to grow. I like where I am. Why do you want to grow? Why do you want to show your scars? I want to grow. I do too. And I think that anyone listening to this, they wouldn't be listening right. if they didn't, right? Here's the hook. In life, never forget this, everybody. Jay's proving it. I think I prove it. In life, you are most qualified to help the person you used to be. So in life, Wait, I, don't, I don't, I don't want you to throw this away. Yeah. I want you to say this again and I want us to get this. Yeah. In life, you are most capable and qualified to help the person you used to be. So if you used to only live in the gray almost all the time and now you find a way to live in the gray only some of the time, you're now qualified to help those people that are still living in the gray every day. If you used to be poor. Or used to be broke and you're no longer broke. You're now qualified to help broke people. If you used to be broken as a person and now you're slightly less broken, Hmm. you're qualified to help broken people. And so in life we grow because that next version of us that we change into, we can now help those people back where we used to be. And that's why there's, that's why we have heroes like your friend uh, DJ, Dwayne Johnson. Why do so many people look up to Dwayne? I think it's because he's also a big vulnerable dude. Yeah. No doubt. I didn't have any of this money, man. I, my relationship <laughs> with my dad was a certain way. I've had these insecurities. He's most qualified to help all those people he used to be. I'm most right. qualified to help who I used to be. Jay Glazer is anybody listening to this. So the irony is the very things that you think in life disqualify you from winning or being happy are the actual things qualifying you. The things you're most ashamed of, you're like, yeah, my divorce, my bankruptcy, my mental health, my scar on my face, my mental scars, I'm disqualified from having a great life. Nope, lie. Those are actually the qualifiers. If you grow and if you change, now you can help all those people who suffer from the same things. And, you know, you say it right there, help. Okay, because one of the, the pillars in my book of how to get through the gray is being of service. And being of service doesn't mean you have to go serve in the military or um, you have to go start your own charity or anything like that. Being of service could simply be this. You're helping. You're helping somebody else. And I love what you, you say here because we all have, again, we all have scars we've been through. So we all have ways. You know, I I, I gave a speech recently, and, I, and it was to a room of clinicians. Mm-hmm. Right? There was like 75 clinicians. And I said, you're all here qualified to talk about this because of your schooling. I'm qualified to talk about it because of my suffering. Wow. It's just exactly what you're saying, though. My suffering gives me the ability 
to communicate. Not my schooling, because I fucking sucked at school. Me too. I was terrible <laughs> at school. I, man, I got kicked out of my first school and af- after my first semester and uh, was in re- remedial English. My ADD was, uh, man, it was terrible. So it ain't my schooling, but my suffering gives me that education. Were you, I'm just super, I've always wanted to ask you this. How afraid were you to start sharing this? Because you do have a high-profile career. Were you afraid, hey, this might cost me something? Did any of that ever concern you? No, it never did. You know, whenever somebody says, man, you're so brave, you're so courageous, I don't look at it that way. I look at it like it was something I should do. This you should do this. You, if you could help one person, you should do this. It was never a question of not. I think also the fact that I have been as doodly as you get. Like no one's questioning my manhood. Right, right. Right. So I cried a lot on your podcast. Yeah. I don't have to worry about somebody calling me a fucking wuss mm-hmm. because I have stepped into a cage with the baddest sons of bitches who've ever lived. And I've lost a lot and I've won a lot and I've gotten choked out and knocked out and man, I've had a bunch of surgeries and I've wrestled hundreds of football players when I started that, you know, MMA athletics program. And so as a result of that, I don't ever worry about someone questioning my manhood. I'm so secure in that way mm. that I look at it and said, man, if I'm not helping someone, I'm being selfish. Yeah. You ever worry? I'm curious. You ever worry? I've worried about this for me where I've said, Hey, I'm the son of an alcoholic. I know what it's like to have all that. You said, Hey, man, I live in the gray. So many mornings when I wake up, I sometimes was concerned that, see, that's not become my identity though. So, yes, right. so I've, 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 I've not allowed it to define me. It's kind of like even retired athletes. You've seen this before. Like I'm an NFL football player. I'm a UFC fighter. And then when that's gone, right, right. like who the heck am I? It's what's behind your rib cage that makes you special. Yes. Yes. And I, I worry sometimes that as you and I are, we're both probably the two most, like two of the most vulnerable people. That maybe sometimes guys go, well, that's going to be my new thing. I'm going to wear this bag. Right, right, right. I'm hurting. I'm, I suffer. I this. And they don't understand the other piece of it, which is to be working on your way out of it. Right. That's the, the story isn't that my dad was an alcoholic and it was bad or that I had, I'm, I'm easily, I lacked self confidence and goddamn. The story isn't just that Jay's in the gray. Right. It's that he's trying to win the day when he's in the gray. Right. So I'm going to tell you a great story, which involves you. Okay. I met some friends who live here in Scottsdale because of the podcast with you. Okay. And they're just, they're huge fans of yours. And they're like, Oh my God, you just, same thing. They're like, you changed our life. You gave us hope that there's a way out of the gray to the blue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been friends for a little while after that. And one night the two of them had a talk with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. My friend Jen, and my friend Jade, and then the rock had the same message the next day. And it was, do you think that your brand has become living in the gray? Yeah. And I said, well, well, yeah. They said, no, no. Yes. Yep. yep. You gave us hope to get to the blue. We need your brand <laughs> to be in the blue. And mm-hmm. they said, we feel like you almost feel guilty, like survivor's guilt if you left the gray. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I feel like I'm turning my back to all those people with the gray. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer said, no, I need you to continue to give us hope. That there's a way I'm about to start crying right now, but I need you to continue to give us hope for all of us that we can get to the blue. We need you to think that you could live in the blue and worry about pulling people up to the blue. Not that you're abandoning the people in the gray. You're abandoning them if you stay there. That thing, by the way, is prevalent in every area of growing in your life. That is so amazing. You just said that, man, because 
I've watched a lot of people almost break the poverty cycle in their life and become wealthy or break the mental cycle or they've been crappy relationships. All their buddies are. And now they found it. And they're like, they feel like they're leaving their buddies behind when they grow, you know, they're, or right. they yes, 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 change yes, their yes. life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, the old analogy of the crabs in the bucket where they pull each other right. back down into the bucket, right? Sometimes this is why it's important. If you do live in the gray often to have some friends that live in the blue a lot. Because if you're just around all your friends that live in the gray, sometimes you're pulling each other back down into the bucket. And oftentimes for me, there's just a few friends of mine that help me get out of when I'm in the gray as well. That And I can relate to them because they also live in the gray. And so, yeah, that survivor's guilt yeah. is a yes, big yes. word. I, I deal with a lot of athletes with that. Where they'll mm-hmm. say, man, Jay, this, these dudes are telling me that I've changed and money changes me. Yes. I'm going, and I go, you know what? They're right. You are going to change. And mm-hmm. money does change you. And mm-hmm. Diddy's white parties are way better than wearing white and black stripes. <laughs> so, I tell these guys all the time, you're yep. damn right money changes you. Yep. And, you know, I kind of look at life, just because you're with me for the first 20, doesn't give you the right to be with me for the next 60 if you're not going to empower me. You got if it. If you're going to lift me up, then great, let's lift each other together. So I said yep. we walk this walk together. If you're pulling me down, we're not walking this walk. You're pulling my ass downwards. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff 
to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. There are certain things that only women can do, like bring life into the world, multitask successfully, and in my opinion, women are the only people who should ever be seen wearing open-toed shoes. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. On Dear Chelsea, we give unfiltered, powerful, and often hilarious, I do say so myself, advice to our listeners who write in about anything from breakups and loss to nosy neighbors and what to do about your boyfriend's OnlyFans habit. Which brings us right back to International Women's Day. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, how do you define that too? And, and it's so good. I love our conversation. I want to put this on my podcast. So, but <laughs> how, how do you define it? What's how that? Do defi- how do you define it? Yeah. Man, it's, and I, and I wrote this in a whole chapter in the book. It's the art of loyalty. It's a dying art. It's mm-hmm. win-win. Like you and I, our relationship, yeah. we don't need shit from each other. I <laughs> care about you. You care about me. Yes. I think about things. Hey, man. Hey, somebody just called about you recently. And I was like, Oh my God, let me tell you about Ed. Gave you yeah. the most incredible thing, which I knew was going to help you in business. Yeah. You don't even know. That's what, that's what people do. How could we help each other? How do your friends talk about you behind your back when you're not in the room? Right. Sure. And are they trying to pump you up to anybody and everybody when you're not in the room? When you're not, when you don't have to ask for it. Yeah. That's who you want to be around, but that's how I live my life. I live my life, Ed. You do live your life like that. Right. 100%. And I live my life. This could sound a little morbid, but I live my life like I'm going to be everyone's pallbearer. Mm. Now let me, let me explain. You only got, what do you have, like six, six to 10 people, whatever they call it, they carry your coffin out. Those are the six to 10 most loyal people in your life. So I treat everybody mm-hmm. like I'm going to be their pallbearer, like that loyal. Loyalty is my brand. Mm-hmm. And if I can get 10% of the people in my life to treat me back the same way, I got a pretty damn good little crew. Oh, that's so good. And you know what? I think we all think everybody else is going to die. I don't think enough. I think it's okay to contemplate the end of your life. Like Napoleon Hill says in Thinking Grow Rich with a goal, begin with the end in mind. It's okay to do your life. Like at the end of your life, ultimately, who do you want to have become? I think about that a lot. Like, yeah, I do. I think it's healthy. I think a lot of people do. What do I want to have done? What kind of man do I want to become? What do I want my relationships? What emotions do I have want to have felt in my life? I'll give you a reason why. About three weeks ago, I'm watching Netflix. I'm watching the specialist guy, David A. Arnold brilliant comedian. It's the number one special on Netflix. Kevin Hart produced it. And I'm like, I just love this dude. He's amazing. And at the end of it, it wasn't just, it wasn't just comedy. He also did like inspirational stuff about how he made it in his career. Right. I'm just moved by this man. At the end, he brought his wife and his two daughters out. And then at the end of that, 
Then there's a documentary on his dad's and his mom. It was amazing. Mm. So I voice text the dude on Instagram. Hey, David, my name's Ed Milet. I got a big podcast. I'd love to have you on. Three seconds later, Jay goes, man, I'm a huge, this, Ed Milet, my wife and I love you. My sister's a big, oh, come on. He goes, I said, well, I got an opening next Tuesday. Listen to this. He says, I got an opening next Tuesday. He's 54 years old, beautiful family. I got an opening next Tuesday. He goes, oh, man, I'm shooting a movie in Atlanta. I go, okay. He goes, now, you know what, man? I want to be on so bad. I'll take the red eye back from the movie set. I'll land at six. I'll do your show. I'll jump back on the airplane and go back to the movie set. I'm like, wow. Does the show, amazing show, and it really does well. And he messed with me. Bro, I'm getting blown up. This audience is huge. Wednesday morning, he's like, Ed, I don't know what's going on, but, like, I can't get to all these messages. He sends me this video at, like, 930. I said, brother, they love you because it's so inspirational. Yeah. You're so talented. That was 9.30. 10.15, he died. What? He died at 10.15. What? Jay. What? He passed away 45 minutes-ish after he sent me the video. 54 years old, in great shape. Wife and two beautiful, 13-year-old and 11-year-old little girl. Wow. Number one special on Netflix. Number one show on Nickelodeon. Amazing career momentum. Wonderful, amazing man. Gone. Gone. And so... We all live like everyone else is going to die. It's okay in life sometimes to go, who do I want to be at the end of this thing? What are the emotions I want to have? But look at the gift you gave him for, and I hope you realize that for you, like that you were able to elicit this response from, of love that he gets to see as the last things he's seeing. That's beautiful. And look, I, I I think we just rent these bodies, but the souls live on forever. Amen. He's still going through the messages. But one other thing, too, for me, about the beginning of the end, contemplating the end, let me tell you why. A lot of times I'll ask myself, whatever's hurting me right now, right? Like, it's a major horrible thing. Is this really going to matter when I'm gone? Right. Is this right. really going to matter? What's the, what, the reason when Ed Milet gets real gray a lot, sometimes I have no idea why, like you don't. I love that you're willing to say that. Sometimes I just wake up and I have it, right? But I also have some patterns that I learned from my old man. And some of them are, I just worry. I like magnify things and I'll make some small stuff seem like end of the universe stuff. Even to this day, I got hundreds of millions of bucks. I got a great wife. I got a great family. I got great friends. And I'll wake up some days like just worked up. And the only thing that gets me out of it often is I go, is this really going to matter when I'm gone? Like, what is it? How big a deal is this really? And so when you does- say that to you, you make a point to stop yes. the, the, the constant, the, the spiraling down and say to yourself, will this matter when I'm gone? I try to change the context, Hmm. right? Because what I do is I magnify it in the moment. I can't see anything but it. It's like a tunnel. You know this. When we get down, there's a tunnel that starts to happen, right? And I just try to get out of the tunnel by getting above it. And I'll go, does this really matter? Really? 20 years from now? Five years from now? If I was to die tomorrow, does this really matter? And it helps give me some peace about the context of it. So that's why I do it. Man, just absolutely incredible. That's So when did you realize... Or what point did you go, man, I, I'm able to help a lot of people. And when did you start seeing, um, cause, cause people think, you know, they see you're, you're super successful now, mm-hmm. right? but we all had a, like for me, it took 11 years for me yeah. to get a full-time paycheck. It was far away from me for my success, but every single week I thought that next Tuesday would be the week I made it. So it allowed me to go through 11 years of rejection. Yep. And I want people to understand that my overnight success was 11 years. Me too. Okay. That was the overnight success. Tell me how, you know, your journey of when you realize, man, I could have a big voice to help people. Yeah, I wonder if I'm even realize that now. Like, I still have a hard time accepting the fact that I'm, I still struggle with that, dude. I always think, I this may sound crazy, I still think sometimes this could go away tomorrow. You know, I, that keeps me 
focused and sharp. We all have that. We all have that. I do. I have yeah. a little bit of that. Like it could go away. I don't ever really feel like I'm there, but for, for all the rock still thinks he's going to be broke next week and yeah. that's seven bucks in his pocket. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I'm the same exact way, but I think that on the other side of temporary pain, if you can survive the temporary, you meet another version of yourself. I just believe this. So whatever you're going through, it's temporary. And if you can remember, if you can survive it, you get to the other side, you meet another part of you. I've been able to be pretty successful with like not that much talent. I'm not like a high IQ. I'm not, I'm not six, four. I'm okay looking, but I ain't Brad Pitt, you know, like I've been able to, I've been done well in life with two skills. Here's what they are. Number one, I love people and I'm pre- I'm present when I'm with people. Like I love them and I believe in them. I really I suck at that. I'm people. terrible at that. Yeah. I, the ADD I, kills me and I got, I get, get better with that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm good at that. And then two, I'm a good talker. Where does that come from? Five years old. My dad's an alcoholic. When my dad would come through that front door, man, I had to read him. And if he was drunk, I had to get my three sisters upstairs and tell my mom, go take a shower. And I'd be down there with this dude. And I had to read him. When he come through, I'm five, man. I'm reading this man. How's his tie tied? What's his breath like? How's he slurring his words? How's he walking? If he's sober, we're having dinner. We're good. If he's drunk, Mimi, get Andrea and Eric upstairs. Mama, go take a shower. And I would be left downstairs with this man at five and six years old. And I'd read him. And once I could read him, then I had to talk. And I tried to, ch- I tried to get him away from the liquor cabinet, Jay. Cause my dad was going to go throw back eight beef eater gins, man. Bam, 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 bam. I thought every dad did that. And I'd grab his hand and say, Hey, dad, daddy, I got, I'd look up and I'm scared of him. I got a 93 on my spelling test, dad. I hit two jacks in baseball. I try to talk to him. He goes, you did. And if I could get him over to the couch and I could talk to him for like an hour, he'd sober up and bad stuff wouldn't happen. If I didn't do it, you don't want to know what would happen. Man. And little did I know what was happening then was I was surviving this temporary pain. I was developing the two skills that I would use to change millions of other people's lives. And make hundreds of millions of dollars in business because I survived this temporary pain. A lot of times in life, when you're going through pain, realize it will be temporary. And on the other side of it, you're going to meet some element of you that you didn't have before. And that's what's happened to you. Years of pain, years of this pain. And finally, to get a little bit to the other side, sometimes you've discovered this voice in you. That's a different voice. It's not just the sports voice. It's not the MMA voice. It's not the coach voice. Mm-hmm. It's this different voice. It's this, frankly, it's a healing voice. Mm-hmm. And you've discovered it only because of your pain. I'm only great with people and a good communicator because of that pain. So to some extent, that cross I bared, that cross you bared, the cross someone's bearing that's listening to this is the actual thing. That's going to uncover elements of you that are going to change other people's lives. That's what makes us magical, right? The pain. And in my book, I, and I say this now for years, man, I just felt cursed with depression, anxiety. And now because of this, because of the reaction of your show, Mm -hmm. reaction of people of the podcast or when I post or the book, now for the first time, I feel like God blessed me with depression, anxiety. And that's a, a powerful, Really powerful shift from being a victim to being powerful and to be able to use something to help others. I mean, we're here to be of service to everybody else. Yeah. Right. And that was a, that for me was a really big healing moment. And I still get angry that I'm, that I feel this way, that I wake up, that I woke up Friday crying for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't get out of it. And I did everything I was supposed to do to get out of it. So does it suck? Yeah. It fucking sucks. 
But now I have a why, like, man, this was a blessing to help so many others and moms and dads and grandparents and husbands and wives and Mm -hmm. sons and daughters. It's just been beautiful. What has been the one or two messages if you have gotten that has really lifted you up? Well, one of them's about you. So, Seriously? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one's you. I'll just give you the one because it's you. So I, I had a really busy this last week. I had five speaking engagements in five states in four days. And, um, one of them was a really unique one. I spoke at this big thing in Dallas. I had to fly to Salt Lake City and this event was at this dude's house and it's all, uh, Real masculine male influencers, like real big dudes, you know, doodly dudes, doodly dudes, like the doodliest of the doodly dudes. And so I spoke and I uh, spoke in this guy's living room. Actually, it was really an interesting experience. So there's like a hundred people there. I speak in this dude's living room. And I'm just getting all fired up because it's men. So I can get real alpha and I'm done. And, you know, people come up and now we're just smoking cigars and drinking some tequila and whiskey around the deal. Being, being even more doodly. Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm real doodly after about five of these whiskey and tequilas, right? And so anyway, this guy, this guy's got a helicopter there. He's like, Hey, you want to take a helicopter? Right. It's at night. And only because I'm in these whiskeys and tequilas, I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we get in this helicopter. I take a ride at night around Salt Lake City. I'm scared shitless. And we land and I get off the helicopter and probably the doodliest dude that's there is waiting for me when I get off the helicopter and he's crying. This was just Friday, bro. He's crying pretty heavy and he's kind of trying to hold the, he's kind of wiping his face with the tears. And he goes, man, I want to tell you something. You changed my life. And I'm like, thank you so much. He goes, no, man, I've been listening to you for years. Like I I can't even tell him a better husband, a better father. And then as we're walking, he goes, can we just get a private minute? And we're in the dark in this guy's yard. There's no lights. It's kind of weird at first. And then he goes, "Um, how well do you know Jay Glazer? And I go, I've got to know Jay pretty well, man. He goes, please tell me he's real. And I go, bro, like the realist, man. Like he's the type of dude that'll just send you a message like, Hey man, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I care about you. You know, he's a real, he's a real dude. This dude just starts. He's not now tearing. He's like pouring water. And he goes, I just want you to know, man, that you changed my life, but Glazer saved my life. And he said, uh, he goes, uh, you see that helicopter you were just on? He goes, I have one and uh, not that one. I have one. And he said, um, for about three days, I was having these fantasies almost about running my helicopter into that mountain. And he points at the mountain. I was going to take my helicopter into that mountain. I wanted to end it. And I don't know why I wanted it to be dramatic. And I kept thinking about my wife and kids and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do this, but I wanted to do it. And he said, um, I'm driving to work on a Wednesday and I put your show on with Jay. And he said, bro, I pulled over. It's six o'clock in the morning. I pull over on the side of the road and I didn't drive and I just listened and I listened. And then I played it back the last half hour. I played it back again and it saved my life, man. It saved my life. Yeah. I just wanted to know he was real. And I said, bro, he's a hundred percent real. So you just wow. never know, yeah. brother. That, man, that's a, that, you imagine this man yeah. with a family taking his helicopter and just ending it. Man, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause you, every time I hear that and you can see I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm crying right now. I'm, um, man, I'm something just... will happen today, bro. Something <laughs> see this today. I God. think that these things happen with you and in other people's work, but especially with you right now, more than you know, because these are just the people that tell you, right? I've noticed this in my life too. Like people that I see in airports kind of look at me and they want to come up to me, but they don't. This is just the ones telling you. 
Imagine all the ones who are just like, hey, man, I'm never going to say this out loud, but I was thinking about doing this, and just this quiet thing happened, and I changed. There's way more of those that will never tell you than there are the ones telling you. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you. Thank you, because you you see how much you lifted me up. And I hope you could tell this dude how much he lifted me up by telling me this story also. And I'll continue to do this. I'll continue to lift people and empower and save and just be real. Yep. That's the thing. If you could be, and people used to always say to me, why are you so trusted in sports? And I'd say, just fuck, I am who I am. I'm authentic. Like, love me or hate me, you know who you're getting. And in a world where nowadays it's, uh, it's, it's filtered, I think the authenticity is ringing, ringing louder, which I'm proud of. And I'll never, I will never change that. It doesn't just ring louder, bro. Like, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, you just got me, bro. Yeah, it's not. Oh that's God. not a. That's not a like on Instagram. That's and it, by the way, you know, who I was thinking of. I drove back that night because a couple of people said some nice things to me about some stuff I had done. Right. And I never thought about it this way, man. Because a lot of these dudes were dads, and uh, I was driving back. I was thinking about this particular man with you because he wasn't like there weren't tears. Like he was flowing water, right? Wow. I thought about his children. And there was another guy there that said something with me that I'll keep with me and him. But I thought about his children. I'm like, man, what an honor to know that me, like this child of an alcoholic or like, I didn't just help this man. You didn't just help that guy, brother. You saved his wife's life. This man has two children. You saved his children's His children went to school that Friday with a loving, alive father, not knowing they would have gone to school that Friday without a dad. So think about those. And then someday, what happens to that child? So the ripple effects for anybody listening to this of you just helping other humans is immeasurable. There is a ripple effect that happens when you do it that you can't measure. It's not just the person that says you've helped them. It's all the ones who don't tell you, but it's all the people that they're charged with protecting or leading in their life. And as children in life, when you have kids, most lessons our kids get are caught, not taught. My dad didn't teach me how to worry. I caught it. My dad didn't teach me how to have anxiety and fear. I caught it by just being around him. Oftentimes in life, we don't turn out like our parents. We have a different career. We think different. We operate different. But we do catch their emotions a lot. Yes. Yes, we grew up in chaos. When you grew up in chaos, it could either break you or it could build you. For me, it's built a couple great careers for me because I'm fucking great in chaos. I suck in calm. But I'm great in chaos. Yep. Calm before I get in trouble. I want to yep. learn how to exist in calm. I want, I'd, I'd like to, to not always be in chaos or cause chaos. Cause it's, it's hard to be friends with Jay Glazer. Maybe that's why we're such good friends because yeah. about three, use the word I used. I grew up in chaos and I was bragging on a peak performance show that I was on, a TV show like three years ago. I heard my, for like a one millionth time, I said, let me tell you about me, man. I operate amazing in chaos because I grew up in, I even knew why, just like you did. And then after the show, my wife's like, do you ever think that's why you create it all the time? Mm-hmm. And do you know Damn how right it is to be the wife of someone who's constantly creating chaos? <laughs> do you know what it's like to be this, the, the mom of someone who's caught? And I thought about it. I'm like, that's a cool thing to brag about because we both do. But I don't want to live the rest of my damn life in this chaos all the time. Yes. And I have learned to create, I call it equanimity. In my book, I have a chapter on equanimity, which is to learn to be calm under duress. Because I don't want stressful situations not to be in my life. I like pressure. Mm-hmm. I like uh, yeah, but there's a difference between pressure and chaos. Big difference, right? Huge difference. Pressure, no problem. Chaos, we're throwing everybody else's life upside down. Also, you nailed it. That's the problem. Think about who you admire in your life. 
Take football, right? whoever you like. Take say Brady's your Tom favorite Brady. sure. quarterback, right? What do we really admire about him? It's his ability to find equanimity or calmness under duress. So it's easy to throw a touchdown in the first quarter when it's zip zip. It's a lot different when you're down twenty eight to three, and this drive has to score in the Super Bowl. The play and his ability to be calm under duress. Whoever you admire in football, I'm just picking one guy. Right. No, no, you're right. But it's like, uh, well, let's switch it around because it's almost like you're saying, like the way I've lived my life is, I've had to start down twenty four nothing in every game, and Correct. then the lights come on. Okay, now I got chaos. Now I can go. Well, that's not a healthy way to live. You got it. That's you not a healthy it. way to go. You know, yep. and that's what, and look, I'm still learning how to like, okay. So when I live in calm, I worry. It's all I do because I don't know any other way mm-hmm. but to live in chaos. So that's when the roommates in my head start talking really bad to each other. Yeah. And that's Me when, too. right? When I'm calm, I'll have a panic attack, an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm learning rules to, to understand how to exist in the blue and the calm and not seek out the chaos because the chaos hurts everybody else. Like I said, like, and it's hard for me to say, but man, with my chaos, my mental health issues, it's hard to be friends with Jay Glazer. Me too. We both, both of us have friends that would say, Hey man, this explains you now. And it hurts to say it though, right? Like for me, it hurts me to say it, but at the same time, I said, man, it's hard to be friends with Jay Glazer, but look at the people who still are. Like, look at the people who've hung in there. Mm-hmm. Those are real friends. Those are pallbearers. Yeah, are but also the friends. rewards of being your friend is this loyal dude. Is this yes. dude who can call and go, hey, I'm in the gray. Help me. Right? Yes. So, so when their chaos is bad, I will step the fuck up. I'll give you something that's helped me. I wrote about yes. it. And I, we're both talking about our books. But so when you're when kids are little, they're usually happier than most adults. Why is that? Because kids operate out of imagination, out of creativity, mm-hmm. not history and memory. And so... There's two types of operating systems in life. Most people operate out of history and memory. We were talking earlier about our friends. If everybody around all the time is like, hey, man, remember, 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 you know, hey, man, you remember that party? You remember that thing? If everybody's only doing that, and you and I have friends with great pasts, so we could sit around and do that all the time, and we do a little bit. But my friends often operate out of imagination and vision. So they've got a great past, but they're like, hey, man, here's what I'm working on right now. You know this. Here's what I'm working on. Here's where I'm going. Here's what I'm focused on. So that, for me, the chaos part of it, I've directed it to a positive chaos. My chaos now is imagination. Like for you writing the book or you creating this content, that's imaginative to some extent. It's creative. So for my way out of the calm, I can't just sit around on a beach and like just lay there for months. It's just I'm never going to be able to do that. But what I can do is I can sit on a beach and go, hey, man, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's where I'm going. Here's my vision. Here's how I'm going to help people. Here's what I'm going to create. And that allows me to not be in the dirty chaos. It allows me to be in the beautiful chaos. So for me, it's not escaping chaos. It's a different right. version of it. Like I think that you talked about Dwayne earlier or, or, or the rock. He's a creative genius guy. He's oh, and he's not in the past. He'll look at it, learn from it, but he's like, Hey, I got black Adam coming out. I got this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And he's creating. That's a beautiful chaos. That's a genius. And for those of you that struggle with your mental health, here's one thing I believe. I think Glazer has this. I think I have it. I think I think typically people who have some sort of mental health issues have a form of genius in them that that is a little bit special. It's a little bit unique. And when they actually start to use imagination as instead of memory and history, that, that chaos starts to become a genius of imagining and creating. 
And that's why I've seen most of the most brilliant people I know, and you know, Jay, struggle with some form. There's a few dudes. They just got their act together, and I don't get those guys. Right? right? I don't get those guys. But mo- And by the way, some of them might even be more creative and more successful if they had a little of this thing right. we a little crazy, yep. So for you, use it to be imagining and dreaming and envisioning. That's a state I get into. Hmm. You, you kind of stop right there, okay? And you're saying, that's the state I get into. Mm-hmm. Okay? I force it. Okay. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea Podcast, and I love women. 
iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. There are certain things that only women can do, like bring life into the world, multitask successfully, and in my opinion, women are the only people who should ever be seen wearing open-toed shoes. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. On Dear Chelsea, we give unfiltered, powerful, and often hilarious, I do say so myself, advice to our listeners who write in about anything from breakups and loss to nosy neighbors and what to do about your boyfriend's OnlyFans habit. Which brings us right back to International Women's Day. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When did you make that decision? Mm-hmm. to start forcing it. Because it didn't, it, like at one point you had to say, hey, I'm going to do this. How long ago and how long did it take you to do that? And I'm asking you because I'm trying to learn right now it exactly couple, what you said. It took me a couple years of like permanently being able to get into it. But where it came from was my dad. My dad got sober, Jay, and I said, hey, dad, are you never going to drink again? And my dad says, I can't promise you that, man. I can tell you this, I'm not going to drink for one more day. And that ended up being one more day the rest of my dad's life was one more day. And I would ask my dad, I go, how do you keep it away? How do you keep it away? And he goes, well, I can't sit around and try not to think about not drinking. That don't work. I said, so what do you think about? And he goes, I just imagine, I dream. What do I want to work on? What do I want to build? Where am I going to my career? Where do I want to take the family? What book should I be reading? What think, what, what part of my body am I working on? So he's like, cause you and I have both said to each other, man, one of my ways out is if I can move my body. Mm-hmm. that's our one trick pony. But for my dad, he's like, it wasn't just moving my body. It was moving my imagination. It's mm-hmm. moving this. And I went, dad, you're kidding me. So the way you're not drinking, isn't just like trying not to drink, trying not to be in the gray. He's like, of course not. I'm imagining it. I'm creating. So it's, and my dad was a banker. It's not like my dad had this like unbelievable, not an artist or a singer, right. Or on TV, just a guy. Right. But my dad's like, yeah, man, I'm just envisioning like what will the next year look like? Where am I going? What do I want to be? Who could I help also not drink? And so my dad started to really get into his program of helping other people with their sobriety. And so my dad's pathway out was think about it, Jay. My dad was once an alcoholic and no longer was that qualified him to help the person he used to be. That became his superpower. That became it. And he would imagine different ways of doing it and different ways of communicating and different ways of getting up at the meeting and saying, hi, I'm Ed, I'm an alcoholic. And, and he would create and he goes, that fills the chaos in my brain that would have otherwise caused Mm. me to drink. That's where I learned it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And again, I want people to really hear that loud and clear. What you think has made you fucked up in the past and you've overcome it, is really your superpower. Bingo. It's your superpower. 100%. And even if like, if you had health issues, it didn't break you. You came through the other side of that tunnel. You could apply that knowledge, you have that strength, to other areas of your life. I got a uh, guy that I love whose son has some form of, he's on the spectrum a little bit autistically. Okay. They brought him to all these different teachers to help him with his learning disabilities. They all were wonderful and good people. Then he finally has a teacher now who's completely changed him. And you know what the difference was? This teacher's on the spectrum also. 
Really? This teacher has a skosh of autism when they were a kid. That teacher's most qualified to help this little boy who's got the same condition. There's just a relatability when you have a similar pain of somebody, an energy connection that's on our souls and our spirits that you can't put into words. But when Jay Glazer talks about being in the gray, if you're in the gray, you feel something in your in your spirit. He's not motivating you. He's inspiring. He's touching your spirit. There's just some energy transfer when there's a shared pain that you can't replicate any other way. So that pain is not just a little bit of a gift. It is the actual thing, man, that will help you. You don't know this, but my first career out of college, I played college baseball and I got hurt and ended a career that would have ended anyway. I'm a business major. I can't find a job. I worked at an orphanage, bro. My boys, oh. I worked at McKinley Home for Boys. My boys were all eight to 10 years old. I'm not a psychologist. I didn't have any kids of my own. What the heck qualified me to work with these boys? My boys, their parents were dead, incarcerated, or had molested them. Hmm. What did I have in common with these boys? Shared childhood pain. Mm-hmm. And there was something about my being, my spirit, that they knew I saw them. They knew I got them. Of all the millions of dollars I've made, bro, my favorite time of my career was making $6.80 an hour at McKinley Home for Boys with my boys. I, I took them to school. I took them trick-or-treating. I was their father, their big brother. I'm 22 years old. That's fucking no, incredible. Yes, but I got placed there, and I belonged there without any of the degrees, without any children of my own. But I got these eyes, man, of, of, of a kid was neglected, and they had them. And somehow that energy on my soul and my spirit, they felt... That's what Glazer's got when it comes to mental health. You can't explain it, but you feel something because he he is going through what you've gone through. So any of you listening to this, that's your superpower. Like literally, energetically, spiritually, it's your superpower. Man, that's unbe- that's that is so beautiful. And that's again the thing is, how are you of service? Like we got to be of service. And here you are, and you're probably sitting there going, "Fuck, life sucks." Now you look back and go, "Man, life was great." Life yeah, was incredible. I, I was it, like, like my, our, our, what, your wallet's not an antidepressant. That is. Yes. I'm like, man, my dream ended. Baseball's over. I don't know what I want to do. I can't find a freaking job. Oh, great. $6.80 an hour. What is this shit? And I walk in and it changed my life. And here's what's nuts, Jay. You know how I got the job? You're going to love how the universe wow. connects things. I got the job because I'm back at my old man's house. I'm living on his, in the same bed I grew up in. My dad gets sober, goes to his first AA meeting, comes back and goes, I got you, excuse me, because I got you a fucking job. I go, well, what is it? He goes, you don't get the fucking pick. You're eating out of my fridge. Get your ass down there tomorrow. <laughs> and what it was, was this dude, I, go, I show up there. I go, hey, I'm here for the job. What is it? I don't even yeah. know what it is. They go, I go, the guy's name's Tim. My dad met him. They're like, well, they got three Tims that work here. I go, well, my dad met him at an AA meeting. And they go, oh, drunk Tim. That's Cottage no, Tim. Go to Cottage A. <laughs> but what, isn't it amazing that my dad's drinking prepared me to help the boys and my dad making the decision to get sober had him meet Tim, who got me the job with these boys. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. That's the universe conspires to help us. It's for us. It's, it's not for against us. us. When you have mental health struggles, it's hard to, to think that it's, it's, you're, you're a victim. Like for me, I'm always like, man, fuck universe against me. Why am I so unloved? Why am I so unlovable? It's not the universe conspires to help us. No yeah. one's against us. We just got to figure out, okay, why do we have certain pain and how would he, how do we use that pain to help others? It's exactly what you and I both do. And it was working there, bro, that I was like, mm, I think I like this helping people think better than business. 
So if I'm going to build businesses, they have to have one qualifier. They got to help humans. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't want to do them. And that sort of started this journey of I, little do I know I'm in there with eight boys that are eight years old and I'm helping them change their life. Little do I know that, okay, now I'm speaking in front of 80,000. Like because of that, heck would have thought right. this they changed your life all the way around. It changed my life. And this is, I'm watching it change yours. It, dude, a guy comes up to me Friday and tells me that he was going to take a helicopter into a mountain and he hears you on my show. And what is it? Eight months, six months later, he's at this event living his dream life. It's incredible. Incredible. It's like, man, I've done a lot of cool stuff in life. You've done a lot of cool stuff in life. There is nothing like you saw it. You said the story. I cried. I don't get used to it. I got used to being on TV. I got used to the accolades. I got used to the fame and all. I don't get used to hearing, man, you saved my life. You never will. I hope I never do. Right. It's just, it's beautiful. And I hope you don't. I hope same thing. Like you got so excited to tell the story. I hope Mm -hmm. you understand too what you're doing for the world, man. And and they say, Hey, if you help one, like Dwayne will constantly hit me up and go, Hey, just remember it's if you help one. He's right. Cause he doesn't want me putting pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm not helping him. I'm, and I'll do that. I'm not helping enough. I'm not helping enough. I haven't reached enough people. I haven't helped enough people and I'll get down on myself. No, yeah. no, no, no. You help one. And he yeah. just constantly reminds me of that. What a great friend and how and true they, is that advice. That's good for me to hear, by the way, too. Right. For me. Yes. Because people too often we start. We compare ourselves. A, we compare ourselves to everybody else. But B, we start comparing ourselves to what we don't have instead of what we already have. Mm-hmm. And we've done so fucking much. If little Ed or little Jay said, hey, you're going to do this, 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 and we would say, just where we are in our lives right now, we told that to the little kid in us. The little kid go, do we really do that? What? Are you serious? And instead, you and I compare ourselves. Yeah. We haven't done enough. You're right, man. When's it enough? It's got to be enough. So. Dwayne will remind me, hey, you help out one. That's why you started this. And it, and it checks me. It makes me check myself. Same yeah, for every, you. Every once in a while, remind you can me of that, please. Please keep I will remind you. I'll remind you. Before I let you go, I know we've gone way, way over. Okay. Um, so I appreciate it. I don't know if you have any more time. I just want one more question. Jo- I'm loving this, man. I love you. Give me your unbreakable moment. A moment in life that could have broken you, almost did, but didn't. And you came through the other side of that tunnel. Yeah, I was an entrepreneur early in my career and I uh, was running out of money and I had to go to the, I remember I was in LA, I'm driving a Honda CRX, I'll never forget this. And uh, I pull up to this appointment, I do my little pitch in their house, they say no, I come out and they had broken into my car. And uh that was the days where they would steal car stereos. You know, if you had a Kenwood or an Alpine. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a Sanyo, so I'm like, what the hell are they breaking into my car for? <laughs> this freaking criminal bro- stole my passenger seat. No, dude, like you gotta be a very- passenger seat. <laughs> I need some lawn a- furniture. It's true story. You gotta be a very specific criminal to be in the market for a passenger seat <laughs> of a Honda freaking CRX. And I remember just like, dude, this is the lowest point in my life. I got this shitty car. I got no money. I don't know if I have enough gas to get back to where I live. And I remember I, I ended up putting a rock there where my buddy could sit on it to drive back. And we're going to the ATM and I'm praying, bro. I'm praying. I hope I got 21 bucks in this account because it only spit out $20 to get gas. Please let me have 21 bucks on there. And I go to put my code in and it won't spit the 20 out. Mm. Insufficient money. Now I don't have the money to get back. And I literally was at the gas station and I begged for money. I, wow. I begged for money. I said, I was walking up to people saying, Hey, listen, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm stuck here in LA. Someone broke into my car. There's the seat that's missing. 
and no one would give me money. I'm there like two hours. And finally, this guy's like, well, how much do you need to get back? I'm like, man, if you give me the $10, you give me your name, I will get you the money back. This dude gives me the 10 bucks and I get back and I call my dad and I say, Hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm out of here. And my dad, who I had already asked many times, are you never going to drink again? Would say, I'd say, dad, are you never going to drink again? And he would always say, I can't promise you that, but I told you I'm not going to drink for one more day. And I said, so I'm quitting, man. I got no money. It's my dad goes, Hey man, you know, you don't, you don't have to decide you're never going to quit. Just don't quit for one more day. Just don't wow. quit for one more day. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, I don't feel like quitting quite as much. You know, wow. I didn't make money that day. And the third day, my dad called me, he goes, you all right? And I go, I don't even have the 10 bucks to send this guy back. My dad wasn't one of these dudes like, hey, I'll help you. He's just like, hey, he goes, well, hang in there, man. Just don't quit for one more day. And the sixth day, I landed a pretty damn good account back in those days. And I was able to send the guy the 10 bucks back. And that led to me... At that time, about two years later, I'm making a million a year and blah, 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 blah. But it was the moment of me deciding in my most down, dark moment of just don't quit for today. And I think that that's a metaphor for every area of life. Like, just don't quit today. Just don't quit today. Just don't give in today. Just don't give up today. And for the rest of my life, man, it's now like 30 some odd years later, many times my back's been up against the wall. And I'm like, you know what? I just ain't going to quit for today. And that serves me really, really well in my life. And thank God I didn't quit because I've helped millions of people. And I've been able to do this with you. And I was millimeters, bro. And by the way, would have been justified in quitting. The same person would have quit. The same Glazer after nine years would be like, this ain't working. After 10 years, after five years. Just remember this. Unrealistic people rule the world. Mm. Remember this, everybody. Weird, rich, and I mean rich emotionally, rich in friendships, rich in money. And normal poor. I think everybody's always thinking, I want to be normal. I know you've thought this. I I wish I was just more normal. As I'm 51 years old, I don't want shit to do with being normal. I like being weird. I like being unrealistic. Mm -hmm. I like being different. I like my weirdness. And you know what? Most of the people I'm around, including Glazer, we're all a little bit kooky. We're all a little bit weird. And I like being weird. And thank God I didn't quit that day. And thank God I'm a little weird. And if you got a little weird in you, you probably got a better chance of having a rich life than if you were normal. Screw normal, man. I got a hashtag. Motherfucker, I'm different. Yeah. This is good. Different leads to success. Yeah. I, I try and tell people all the time in our combat vets all the time in our charities, don't be a face in the crowd. Be the fucking crowd. Be your own crowd. Absolutely. I love and, it. Yeah, I am fucking different. And too many of us try just try to just fit in. Yeah. No, let's not fit in. Don't yeah. do it. Conformity, Don't do conforming to the norm is the ultimate form of cowardice. Mm. You want to be like everybody else? That's coward. Right. It takes courage to be different. To be different. It yes. Courage to it's be scary. different. It's scary. Fuck yes. yes. You're damn yes. right it's scary. Yes. Absolutely. Cowardice hey. is, is cowardice is conformity. So that great story. Unbelievable. Yeah, we can go on. I'm going to listen. You got to have me back on your podcast again. I'd if we love that. that many lives. I'm going to have you back on this one again. Let's just keep doing it because it's just, man, to still hear from people mm-hmm. that we've lifted them up. Man, I'm proud to be your friend. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you giving me that form to do what I've been meant to do. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you, man. I just want you to know that. I'm really you, grateful brother. for you. I love you, man. And, and I'll, you anything I can ever do, you're coming back on, I'll come back on here. Anything I can do for anybody listening today, I'm in.
Tell people again, hey, tell us where we can see you, where we can read you, where we can find you, everything. Yeah, anything that says Ed Milet, E-D-M-Y-L-E-T-T, Instagram, my podcast, my book, whatever. Podcast is called? The Ed Milet Show. TV show's called? TV show's called Change with Ed Milet. You can get it in the link in my bio on Instagram. Okay, great. And the book is called? The Power of One More. Love it. Man, how about that? Number one selling book this year. I got to catch up. Shit. <laughs> I, I love you, brother. Fine, bro. I love you, man. Appreciate you. Grateful for you. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So, in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So, Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life, and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.